0: no purchase necessary. VGW Group. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: On this episode of the podcast, we're going to be continuing with the Australian theme this week. We have on number 116 in the world, Chris O'Connell. We speak with Chris about his amazing performances in 2019, reaching many finals on the Challenger events and also when he bageled Rublev at the Australian Open. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Let's get straight on with it, Chris. How are you doing? How's everything going in in Australia?
0: Yeah, it's good. Um, I mean, uh, the coronavirus hasn't hit as bad over here, um, even though we're still pretty restricted with doing things. Um, uh, it's yeah, it's been it's been all
2: right. Yeah, well, we're gonna start off straight away. Like for me and Ben, we were talking prior, obviously, about having you on, and we are huge fans of you because. We've watched. We found like with your games. There were so many games last year, and you was reaching so many finals, playing some incredible tennis. We got to see a lot more of you than what you had did. Like a lot of other players on the tour.
0: But yeah. so,
2: uh, thank you so much for coming on. We're huge fans. Yeah. Um, we've got a lot to talk yeah. about. I appreciate you guys watching
1: me. <laughs> no worries, man. Yeah, literally been following uh, you on like obviously the Challenger Tour and stuff. You obviously had an amazing. Uh, start to 2019, didn't you have like an injury, like a knee injury back in 2018? You were out for six months, was that right?
0: Yeah, um, from January through to um, uh, July, I think yeah. I, I was out. Yeah, I think um, I read that. played yeah. in August that year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I had yeah about seven months off with a knee injury.
1: And then I saw like, obviously you were just sort of getting back to – getting back to business a little bit just about the back end of 2018 but then when you hit 2019 it seemed like everything was just like coming back together again and you were just going final 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 (laughs) I was looking down the list I was like I can't believe this it's just like crazy how many finals I
2: didn't think it was so many like looking at the things I didn't realize (laughs) there were so many finals you was always there if you enter the tournament you know Chris is going to go all the way I said, yeah, I mean, I was just,
0: yeah, on a <laughs> roll and just every single week I was just, yeah, finding ways to win matches and, yeah, found myself uh, um, playing like a Sunday final most weeks. <laughs> I anyway, it. before we
2: get too much yeah. into all the tennis, what I wanted to ask you is, what's it like being in Australia? Because I'm assuming you're not you're not there very often, right? You're always travelling, you're always in Europe, America.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, when I play, when I go on tour, I just... I leave Australia behind. I don't really come back all that often because it is so far away. Um, so I usually base myself in Europe or I base myself in the States. Um, and uh, yeah, so I mean, it's good to um, be home uh, for an extended period at the moment. Um, although I'm pretty keen to get back out there.
2: Oh, nice! You've been seeing a lot of your family and stuff. Yeah, I live with my
0: family, um, oh, okay, nice. so I get to see them. Get to see my brother, sister, my girlfriend a lot more. Um, oh, nice but yeah, she's yeah. happy <laughs> yeah then yeah. Uh, um, yeah obviously see my mates as well so it's good
1: that's awesome have you been up to uh anything other than seeing that have you been in total lockdown over like over there or have you been still free to just uh roam around see your friends see like uh, obviously your girlfriend things like that
0: yeah the first month in lockdown it was pretty strict with seeing people um but they've loosened up restrictions now, so you can have a few people over. You can go to mates' places. A couple of the bars are now opened. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's been good. I'm surfing quite a lot. Um I know. Yeah, doing
2: some things that I'm <laughs> always traveling. Nice. It's you know. very cool. We've spoken to a lot of different tennis players. We've all got their hobbies. Some of them are studying. Some of them are in the stock market. And Chris <laughs> yeah. is surfing. It's so brilliant.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's what we like to hear. That's the Australian yeah. way, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was, uh, so I'm guessing like the weather must be pretty hot over there if you're surfing it up, is it?
0: Uh, well, it's just gone into winter. Um, oh, okay. In saying that, it's, it's still quite warm. I mean... Uh, <laughs> It's like our oh, summer. Yeah,
2: summer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was training today and it was like uh, 20 degrees. It was quite warm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the water is starting to get a bit cold, but uh, a wetsuit uh, can handle it.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, you have to be used to it. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, big tennis tournaments that happen over in Australia and that, isn't there? So, obviously, you have the Australian yeah. Open and we like I've said on other episodes, but you see people frying eggs on courts out there so it's it's absolutely crazy but yeah that's something I I wanted to get into maybe first off as well because we know that you uh played in the Australian Open this well in this January and obviously you came up in the first round you came up against one of the hot prospects on tour which is like you probably saw the draw and thought oh wow this is going to be a real tough match but you go ahead and you bagel Rublev in, in this match, which was like me and Darren were like at work. And we were like, have you just seen Chris just bagel Rublev? Um, and what was it like this match? Can you like take us through like the the whole thing?
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, when the draw came out, so I had Rublev, I was like, oh, tough draw. He's in good form. I mean, he was in unbelievable form, actually. I think he yeah, won yeah two tournaments. He'd just won like- Zobar <laughs> and another one as well, yeah. In Adelaide. Adelaide,
2: did you in Adelaide? I think so.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, tough draw, but I mean, he's eventually he's going to have to have a loss soon. Um, why not be me? And I mean, I had an unbelievable 2019, so I was I had a good preseason as well. So I was feeling fresh. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought it was a good quality match. Um, it was a good atmosphere out there. I played on one of the backcourts, um, but, uh, all my mates are out there and yeah, it was, it was an awesome experience. Um, I lit it up in the second, um, but I mean, it was just too good over the course of five sets. Um, I haven't, I'm pretty inexperienced in five set matches. Um, it's a bit of a marathon. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a good quality match and just a bit, uh, unlucky, maybe not to sneak into a fifth set there. Uh, yeah,
2: I agree. Four, but yeah, it was okay. What was going through your mind when you were six? When you must have been, you must have been going for it. You must have broken him and then broken him again, thinking, "What's going on here? Do you reckon I'll be able to win this?"
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really was just seeing watermelons for a little bit there. Um, <laughs> it was late, late in the arvo, and I was feeling good, feeling fresh, and yeah, I was, I was smoking. I love, I was loving the conditions. Um, but again, yeah, he just he came up too clutch in important moments. So yeah, that was that. Yeah.
1: Well, he's one of those. well, like you said, he's one of those players that hot prospect coming into that tournament, everybody was ex- sort of expecting big things from him, but you're the yeah. home, like the home favorite as well. Like, yeah, well, in that match, yeah. obviously there's been so much. That's like another thing I just wanted to sort of, cross onto is Australian tennis. Like it's yeah, yeah. probably at one of the highest levels it's been in so mm. many years. Like we've been saying about the U S side as well. U S yeah. have got they're sort of comparable, like yeah, U S yeah. and Australian tennis. It's just like the best of the best right now. Like, uh, yeah. What do you think that's down to?
0: Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. I mean, uh, growing up playing all the junior tournaments in Australia, um, always had a feeling that I was uh, playing some quality uh, Australian juniors um, and we all seemed to just come through together in like a little bit of a crop of, of players. And um, I mean, yeah, they've all, it's all transitioned onto the tour. So uh, it's pretty exciting times for Australian tennis.
2: How close are all the Australian guys together? Because I know the American, they're, all, they're all gaming together at the moment. <laughs> On tour, they're always there chatting to each other, like helping each other for a loss seems to be supporting each other. What's it like in the Australian club?
0: Yeah, I mean, everyone's pretty close. Um, I mean, uh, a, a lot of uh, a lot of the dudes live in like Melbourne and Brisbane. Uh, there's not too many guys in Sydney where I am, um, okay. but I mean, we all grew up playing against each other, um, so we've known each other for years and years and years. So yeah.
2: Do you have any stories particularly with um, Alex de Manor?
0: Uh, he was a little bit younger than me. He's uh, okay. a 99 birthday, and I'm a 94 birthday. So I didn't really have much to do with him uh, growing up. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think my little brother might have been playing him because uh, they're the same age. But yeah, uh, I didn't. I didn't come up against him at any point.
1: So, so you're more like, a, are you a year older than Kyrios?
0: Then that makes. Sense. Yeah, I grew up playing with him. I. <laughs> Played him. First time I played him or saw him, he was eight years old and I was nine. We're playing a little round-robin tournament locally. so And yeah, I've been travelling with him uh, under-12s, under-14s, Australian (laughs) Nationals. uh, So yeah, that was fun.
2: Yeah, I'm sure you've got plenty of stories, then (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's he's a bit of a, he's a character, isn't he, on the tour? I think he's like some, he's like a breath of fresh air for... Uh, Well, some people, some people are the more the older class of uh, tennis fan, probably that don't take to him so well, but we know that there's a new breed of tennis coming through. And that's the thing we're trying to promote on this podcast as well, just to show that we just want to promote all of these young players coming through because anyone could be the next Nick Kyrgios, anyone could be the next, like, you don't know, or Alex de Manor, but we just need to get exposure on people. That's why I'm hoping that if people didn't know who Chris O'Connell is before this, hopefully we can put you more on the map as well, because yeah. th- these players need the respect they deserve, I think. You're up there, you're in the, well, 1- 116 in the world at the moment? Yeah, that's right, yeah. And no doubt, next year, you'll be, well, we think, probably top 50 or something, if you continue on that form. That's, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I mean, Like, but they should be putting promotions yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No pressure. But yeah. I think that the people, they should be putting like the promotion behind the players Like now. They can see the hot run of form and stuff that you're in, and surely they should be having a lot of uh, backing behind you.
2: Yeah, we've spoke about it so many times on the podcast. We feel like there needs to be a lot more promotion for the Challenger Tour um, and sort of the ITFs as well really because anyone in the, inside the top 500 can play tennis at a ridiculously high level and we find yeah. it entertaining. I'm sure loads of other people would find it entertaining if it was more accessible and it was sort of put to the front of their, in, 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 in their view really so it's accessible for everyone. And um, yeah. you're definitely someone who we feel like a lot of people should know who you are and uh, it sort of, sort of plays into sort of the financial fair play sort of stuff where money should be sort of coming down the rankings a lot more It should be spread more evenly. And um, it's definitely an aim of our podcast to sort of promote more of that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. I mean, the the Challenger Tour um, is uh, incredibly high quality. Um, I mean, there's there's plenty of good players that are coming through the Challenger circuit. And there's a few um, guys that have been in the top 100 dropping down into the Challenger circuit. So, uh, I mean... Yeah, some of those draws I'm playing over in Europe, that there's some seriously high-quality players playing them. Um, and it's
2: tough to get
0: through that challenger circuit onto the ATP circuit.
2: Hmm. So for you personally, you went from like the ITFs this year, was it July in 2019, if I remember correct? Yeah. So you've not actually been playing. You played in the challenges before your injury as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. now you're just sort of returning back to that. And it's like um, we've seen what's capable, what you're able to do. Do you not feel like with a bit more run, like maybe this year, the end of this year, 2020, 2021, you can really push on? And so sort of we've seen that you've been qualified enough for some of the Grand Slams, playing in them. And we feel like you've got the overall game to be able to do that. It just maybe needs a bit more consistency and keep playing maybe regular to sort of up the, up the tempo a little.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's something that um, uh, I'm going to be looking at uh, doing next year by playing a few more um uh tour event qualifying uh events um so yeah just test myself a little bit more um i feel i've I've established myself like pretty well in the challenger circuit so uh, yeah i do want to um start playing a few more um qualifying events um i actually haven't played any grand slam qualies uh either so yeah um, um yeah i'm looking forward to um playing them and, I mean, potentially just playing major on getting straight in there. Um, yeah, yeah. close to 100 at the moment. Uh, but, yeah, I'm really looking to push on now and I uh, just stay healthy and fit because that's been my biggest issue. Um, yeah. Not being on court long enough and not having the – or not being able to build that consistency. Um, so that's my main priority at the moment. I'm um, starting the I'm, – I'm 26 now. I just turned 26 the other week. and oh,
1: uh, Happy yeah. birthday for that
0: thank you um, yeah I'm, uh, i feel like i'm uh, just getting better and better and um yeah heading towards my my prime tennis definitely yeah, yeah. we completely agree
1: yeah i think so yeah that's a such a valid point as well because uh, i know that you say you want to get more into like the tour events and stuff like that and we've seen some really promising stuff from people who have like like jump like bridge the gap let's say we've had like say both wild who decided yeah. to make the like bridge the gap into it, and he won his first one on the first time of asking i think that this is possible yeah. for you as well like i think you just need a little bit of luck on your side but also just like a, a, a good draw or and you could still just you, if you were to keep improving with your tennis you're great on clay courts and hard courts so you've got mm. like the options are open for you, really. We've
2: seen Tommy Paul. Tommy Paul's done it. And you've you beat yeah. Tommy Paul, I remember. I remember watching that game because I was like, you've both in ridiculous form. And I was watching that like, thinking, who's going to win this one now? And then you've come out on top. So <laughs> It just shows you've got the level to be able to get to that to to get to that level. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But yeah. um, Just touching on the Grand Slams, actually. Obviously, Australian Open is going to be obviously quite special for you. But a, a slam I would love to see you in is um, the French.
0: Yeah, uh that's definitely my most uh look
2: forward to uh
0: slam. Um, I'd love to play there in the summer in Paris on those uh dryish sort of uh French courts. Uh, I think it'd really suit my game. So yeah, I'd be uh, be pumped to play the French Open for sure.
2: So explain to me how it would work. So say if the French Open was to take place this year, would you be in for a shot for any qualification uh spots there or not? Um
0: I'm um, not too sure. I mean, it uh, depends what draw size they have. Um, okay. I know that the US Open at the moment is talking about uh, a bigger draw size um, mm. with no qualifying, yeah. so I'm not sure what the French Open are uh, thinking of doing. Um,
2: yeah. The reason I asked that is because there could be a lot of players maybe potentially drop out, which would leave for sort of like a lower-ranked players to sort of enter maybe. It all depends. Like no one really knows. There's a lot of speculation at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I to be honest, I don't really keep up to date with it. Uh, I mean,
0: um, I just ask the, the guys that I'm training with <laughs> if they've heard anything, and uh, that's, that's how I'm uh, getting my news on the about what's happening on the tour at the moment. Seems
1: Twitter seems to be the uh, place to be for finding out stuff before you even get told by the ATP these days. Yeah, right. Yeah,
0: <laughs> much, uh, you
1: have to yeah.
2: get a tour account, Chris. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah uh yeah i wanted to sort of uh move away to like when you were like growing up playing tennis and stuff like that and do you have any like real inspirational figures that you were sort of looking up to when you were just starting when you were like in the youth like in your youth of tennis let's say
0: yeah um i think i had three players that i looked up to um um, I was obsessed with Leighton Hewitt, uh, just loved how tough he was. Um, uh, I loved Pat Rafter, um, nice. and, uh, a little bit of a different one. Um, I have an Argentinian coach who uh, has been coaching me since I was eight and I loved, uh, Gaston Gaudio, who is Argentinian.
2: Okay. Uh,
0: so I love one-handed backhand. I've got a one-handed backhand. So, yeah.
2: yeah, I was going to say, you definitely <laughs> have that Argentinian flair. <laughs> yeah. You've got that. I don't know. I can see it now. And now you've said it, it just clicked to me. So I'm glad you said that.
1: Yeah. It's, got, it's got a lot of power behind that backhand as well. You really uh, tonk it. <laughs> yeah.
2: You just need to work on the Del Potro forehand now. Yeah. <laughs> <then
1: you're> <laughs> That's it. No, there's, well, there's so many great Argentinian players. I was going to uh, touch on, obviously, the first person you said there, Leighton Hewitt he obviously goes down massively in British history for grabbing that Wimbledon title back in 2002. Uh, do you have any, uh, ambitions to be playing any grass court tennis yourself? Like, uh, in the coming years?
0: Uh, to be honest, probably not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I, mean, not, I, don't, I don't really like the, the quick courts all that much. I mean, it feels great to play on grass. Um, but I mean, I, I've had that Argentinian coach, so all my swings and everything are uh, uh, suited to slower, slower courts. So I, I much prefer playing play in <laughs> slow hard court.
1: Ah, uh, that's fair enough. We'll have to come over and watch you in uh, some events over in Europe then.
2: Yeah, Paris, <laughs> we'll go Paris
1: then. <laughs> that's exactly. Catch I'm you on the open. Tr- <laughs> Catch you on the dirt, on the dirt instead. <laughs> yeah. So.
2: Yeah, just talking about um, that though. On the, on the, obviously, for obvious reasons, Rafael Nadal is sort of considered like the the, the king of clay. You've got like Dominic Team, is like the prince of clay. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all, all these little nicknames and stuff. But like, is there like any other players who've who's been under the radar who you've seen play on clay? You think can really reach like a potentially if this French Open goes ahead, someone who someone to consider aside from them too?
0: Um. I haven't really given it much thought. I mean, those guys are just locks when you think about the Clay Court season um, team and uh, Nadal, but I'm, obviously Djokovic is going to be there as well. Of course. Yeah, yeah.
1: Is there a certain player on tour that you would like say that you watch and we would class as like Gil? Maybe your like favorite player to watch on tour? Um,
0: I, watch, I love watching um, Stefanos. Um, okay. okay. Yeah, Yeah, uh, I like how he plays, um, gets into the net quite a bit. I love his one-hander. He's pretty tough. Yeah, I I like watching him play. Yeah,
2: definitely. Have you got to see much tennis recently at all? Because obviously there's like um, a few different events going on now. You've got exhibition tennis, I think there's the Adria Tour, and there's another US showdown thing going on with top players. Uh, Have you been watching any of that at all? No, not really, to be
0: honest. Uh, I've just been sitting in front of the couch and just watching the rugby league because that started over in Australia at the moment. Uh, oh, okay. so, uh, and the Australian Football League, the AFL. Okay. I, think, no, I haven't been watching too much tennis, so yeah. Oh, so you've sort of switched off from tennis for the moment. Yeah, I don't I don't really watch too much tennis. Um, I do watch a lot more challenger tennis because that, that's what I'm playing in. Um. Yeah, I am a bit of a sports nut, so I watch a whole bunch of different sport.
1: It's funny because when we spoke to uh, Ilya Marchenko, he was uh, the, sort of the same mind. He says I couldn't sit and sit through a tennis match and watch five sets. He said I couldn't think of anything worse, but playing it, he loves it.
2: <laughs> I think a lot of tennis players are the same. Like they just they love tennis. They obviously they've got this skill, but then to sit there and watch it. For them, it's just like it's just more frustrating more than anything. They just want to sort of get out on court and sort of play.
0: Yeah, I mean, you train for a few hours. Uh, I guess the last thing you want to do is then go and sit in front of the TV and watch tennis. I mean, it is your life. <laughs> uh, so it is good to get away from it uh, and watch something else. So, yeah.
2: Well, uh, so have you been training at all? It's just
0: solely Netflix and sports. Uh, no, I've been training. Um, I've been training about three or four times a week uh, since oh. lockdown, um, and oh. I've just started upping it um, in the past week um, because we've got this uh, internal uh, Tennis Australia tournament being held in Sydney um, in a couple of weeks' time. So I'm looking forward to playing that. I don't, I don't
1: know. Do you know? Uh, is there any other uh, Australians entering that that uh, we might know of? Or?
0: Yeah, so there's three tournaments. There's one in Melbourne, one in Sydney, and one in Brisbane because um, we still can't cross the uh, state borders yet. Okay. Um, oh. So I'll just be up against all the Sydney players. So I'm pretty sure Jordan Thompson will play, me, um, Alexander Vukic, who's sitting yep. around 180 at the moment, Yeah, Max Purcell, who's around like 220, um, you yeah, know, a couple of other players. So it yeah.
1: should be good. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously tons of top players. I noticed that there was, uh, I think it was 24 players inside the top 500 for Australian men's tennis, which is so good. Yeah. Obviously, we saw uh, the Australian Open as well. We had, uh, was it Purcell and Saville got to the doubles final as well? (laughs) I was cheering them on. I was hoping they were going to get it. Yeah, that
0: was great. I mean their form on the challenger tour. They they won so many titles together on the challenger tour. So for them to translate that into
2: a grand slam uh, was unbelievable. Yeah, it was it's so funny fun. as well because we was watching some of the games and um, we was, we was laughing because we couldn't tell who was who. <laughs> they was, uh, <laughs> they had the very similar look. I don't know if it was a throw <laughs> off the opposition, but. Hey, yeah. honestly, we could not tell the difference at one point.
1: Yeah, they both had the same hairstyle and were wearing the same cap, I think, at one point. And it was just like from the, from behind when they were serving. You just couldn't tell. Yeah. I didn't know who was yeah, at the net who was serving. Cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I know. Yeah. Good tactics, that, I think. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yep. I wanted to uh, touch on, I know that we sort of skimmed over it a little bit, just uh, with just going through all of your finals and like the matches that you played. Uh, there were, one that you won like in October last year in Fairfield in uh, the US, which uh, you have played against uh, another big name, big Steve Johnson in the final there. And uh, yeah, well, and firstly, you didn't drop a set for the whole entire tournament, wow. which was incredible. And then to beat Steve Johnson, very well-respected player on the tour as well, to beat him in straight sets. Incredible. What was... What was, like, the secret that week? Like, was just everything going right or...?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I'd just flown from Europe. So I had um, my last tournament in Europe was in Romania on the clay and then I had two weeks off getting ready on the hard court to, for the um, for the American swing. Um, but, yeah, I just, for me, my body was feeling unbelievable. Um, I was serving really well all week. Um, yeah. And I don't know I seem to really like those courts as well because uh, about two years prior, uh, 2017, I made a semi-final there uh, in that challenger. Um, so yeah, those, those conditions and those courts just yeah suit me. Uh, and yeah, I played some really good tennis all week. Um,
2: it was just locked in all week. Yeah, yeah, I know uh, he had little, a lot of praise no, to say sorry. about you afterwards as well. I know he was saying there was a quote saying about how he was just too good on the day and he just couldn't get near you. And like, was that some of the best tennis you've played in your career?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, it was definitely the best uh, serving performance by me all week. I was just so consistent with my serving. I was serving a lot of aces, a lot of unreturnables, and when that's firing, then um, my re- the rest of my game seems to lift as well. So yeah, I was yeah just feeling it. Yeah, awesome.
1: <laughs> I noticed it for sure because there was a couple of the shots on there. I was watching some of the highlights earlier. And then uh, there was even one <clears throat> where you sort of were on the, on the run. You weren't even looking. You just like swung a backhand down the line and it just like, boom, pings like right past him at the net. He didn't even think that you were going to swing it, I don't think. And he, yeah. there were just like shots like that, everything just going right. He didn't even have to look. He <laughs> just hit it.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, very well, yeah.
1: But yeah, high praise from Steve Johnson. We noticed, I noticed you beat another uh, sort of, young British hopeful in that tournament as well, Jack Draper, who yeah. is like quite a young player at the moment, yeah. 18. I and mean, there's sort of a small little bit of hype around him in the UK, just yeah. hoping he might be able to maybe step into the shoes of like an Andy Murray at some point.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, uh, is he 18? I'm not, yeah, I'm not 18, he's, yeah. Young he's incredibly young and he's got an unbelievable tennis body. Uh, he's, he's tall, he's got a huge game. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely got a bright future. I mean, he's got a bomb to serve. You know, he sneaks in quite a bit, so he'd probably be pretty good on the grass. Um, but, yeah, very talented player. Yeah, super talented.
1: Uh, I noticed, like, I just wanted to flick back because I was looking through all of these finals, <clears throat> all these the other tournaments that you had played. There's a couple of other players. Like Well, there was another player who was in sort of red-hot form that you managed to take out, Juan Pablo Varidas. And we were following him so closely last year and you took him out in three sets, which uh, what was what was this guy like? Because I don't think many people know who this guy
0: is. But... So that's, that tournament I think was actually in uh, Italy, um, Cas- Casanalvo, I think I played him. That draw was actually, it was a future, um, but it was quite a tough future. There's a lot of good players in that draw. I yeah. can't remember where I, what uh, what round I played him in. I think it might have been quarters, but yeah. Well, yeah.
1: Quarters, remember. yeah. I think it's quarters, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, but he was extremely tough. That was um that match was like in the middle of the day, um really dry clay, um, humid conditions. Uh, and that was actually, yeah, an incredibly tough match. One of my toughest matches all year, actually. Um wow. but yeah, he was um yeah, he's a very solid player, very good clay court player. Uh, he finished yeah. off very
2: well. Uh, yeah. I think after that game, he just went on a, on a storm. Mode. He was winning yeah. everything, and um, <clears throat> we've seen him a lot playing in the clay court, and especially the yeah. clay court swing in different tournaments. And he's he's an exceptional player. So it's impressive to be able to beat him for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: definitely. Yeah. That sort of carries on like what you were saying there about the conditions and stuff. We've I've sort of raised this on a couple of the other podcasts. I'm just interested because players have to play in such crazy conditions I mean I know that I could never be a tennis player because all you ever play is in like exceeding heat all the time I think I'd probably pass out after one set I think in these conditions is there any uh conditions that in your career that you can remember you just thought this is a joke I can't believe I'm playing in this these conditions too hot too windy too unplayable yeah like unplayable conditions you're still playing
0: yeah, uh, plenty of times. Um, I mean, especially in Australia, playing the challenges in Australia, you know you're going to get unbelievable wind. Uh, it's it's crazy how windy some of these tournaments are in Australia. Um, so I don't enjoy that. Um, and... <laughs> some of the other conditions I remember. Oh, we've it's
2: noticed like, it on our ears because when we listen <laughs> to the stream, <laughs> yeah. it's honestly unbearable. We have to turn the turn the sound down big time. It's just nonstop wind. And it's surprising because people always look at like Australia and America as well, like very hot countries, humid. Yeah. But you don't think, you don't realize that when it's stormy there, you really notice wow.
0: it. <laughs> incredibly, yeah, incredibly windy. Um, and then uh, I remember, well, in Houston, in uh, end of last year, the Challenger there. It was incredibly cold, uh, single digits. I think I played my first round match, and it was five or six degrees. Oh. Um, so I had like hand warmers in my in my pocket. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that that was pretty tough because yeah, I'm not used to playing in the cold.
1: Yeah, does it get like uh, do the courts get slippery or anything in, in those conditions? Or
0: uh, early in the morning, the courts are pretty dewy. But I mean, yeah, once it once it dries up, it's alright. Oh, let not see about then. Yeah, because
1: we've seen, like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if they Do they always call all these matches off due to rain? I've seen some players that are still playing during the rain, like in some of these streams online. I don't know. Is it... Do they just call it... Like, in, obviously, in grand slams and stuff, as soon as it starts raining, they just call it off, and then they start again afterwards.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, some of the play courts can take a little bit, but as soon as the, uh, the lines get a little bit slippery, then they can... Uh, um so yeah.
2: So it, onto a bit of like contemporary news at the moment. I'm sure you've seen like stuff about the the US Open, um, uh, like talking about how they're trying to they're trying to make it played. there was a big player council meeting the other day on Zoom, I hear about. And um what's what's your thoughts on it? Because a lot of players who don't actually want to go to the US Open now because of the whole quarantine period, they're only allowed one player from their team. And there's a lot of like some of the big guys specifically like Novak doesn't want to go. Rafael probably saying he's not going to go. What, what's your What's your thoughts on it? Um, look, I mean, I've never played the US
0: Open, so um, I'd be happy to go over. Um, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure the USTA and uh, everyone involved is going to make it safe enough for us. Um, so I'd, I'd happily go over and play. Um, yeah, uh, I mean. I haven't heard uh, anything new, um, any new updates on the US Open. I think there's going to be an announcement uh, in the next couple of days, maybe even to I'm not too sure.
2: Yeah, I forget um, it, was, it was coming up. I think so. so, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I'd be happy to play. Um, yeah, and that's, that's what I was thinking. It might open it up to a lot of players who probably wouldn't have a chance to have played, or even players like on the fringes of the top players to have a chance to actually win a slam. Yeah, I mean.
0: I know some of these big guys are saying that they don't, they don't want to play. Um, but, I mean, if there's a Grand Slam on, uh,
2: I can't see them not playing. Um, That's what I was thinking and, as well, to be fair. Like, say if one of them, if Movac is saying he's not playing, then Rafael Nadal turns up. I feel like he's going to turn up as well. He's <laughs> not going to just let him. It's, it's giving him one over on him, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like a free hit. A <laughs> that can't happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Well, now uh, Rogers we'll out, out the picture as well, isn't he? So, just yeah. gives them, surely they'd want to
2: be playing it even more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I guess we'll wait for the announcement and we'll see what happens of that. Last question I wanted to ask you was, what's the toughest player you've played against on tour? Um, toughest
0: player? Um, would probably be James Duckworth. Okay. Um, I mean, he was I, – I just felt incredibly uncomfortable I played him. I played him oh, maybe 2015, 2016 in a challenger in Australia and I just felt just incredibly awkward out there on court. Um, yeah, I can't really think of anyone else though. Um, I mean, I, I've, I've played Dimitrov. I played him in an Australian Open yeah. um, a couple of years ago, so he was pretty tough. But then again, I still felt pretty comfortable in uh, like a rally situation um um but
2: yeah i can't think of anyone else no it's interesting
1: yeah that's a good bit of aussie rivalry you'll be able to get one back over on him i'm sure and with this scintillating form you've been in i'm sure your paths will cross again
0: yeah hopefully yeah <laughs> uh, he's been uh injured quite a lot so it's good for him to be back in
2: the top 100 now I'm pretty yeah confident. definitely another top I mean, next player. time you play him just catch him straight after the injury first game back <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't want anyway, any
2: asterisks next to any of these ones
1: yeah.
2: oh gosh yeah. anyway thank you so much chris for coming on it's been a pleasure thank talking you. to you i are uh, just interested to see what the future holds for you in tennis and um yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Cheers. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate you guys having me on. No worries, That's man. Well.
1: Take care. Have a good rest of the day.
0: See right. you soon. You. See you, man. Bye. See yeah. you, man.
1: Bye.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.